I've trained lots of copywriters over the years and discovered that they enjoy writing copy for all sorts of different reasons. They like how it's such a portable skill that wherever you go, there you are. All you need is a laptop and you're ready to go. They like how it gives you permission to be really, really nosy and ask all sorts of questions about a person's business and their life. They also like how it's a lot of variety and that no two jobs are ever the same. But the big reason why people like writing copy is because it's so well paid, especially when you compare it to traditional writing like journalism or creative writing or feature writing. And that's what I'll be talking about today, money and how you can make lots of it from copywriting. And make no mistake, the way you charge for your copy is a skill in and of itself, but it is a learnable skill. And I'll be sharing with you the tricks of the trade that I've picked up over 30 years working as a copywriter. I'm Bernadette Schwert, and this is a podcast brought to you by the Australian Writers' Centre and the Australian School of Copywriting. And we are the creators of some very popular and very useful short courses on copywriting and topics just like this. Now, if you're not sure if a copywriting course is for you yet, why not take a look at our copyclub.com.au? Now, this is the go-to community for copywriters who want to find out more about the copywriting life. Today, we're talking about pricing. And pricing is one of the most common questions I get, and with good reason, because people move into copywriting to make money. So it makes sense that you want to know how much you can earn. And what I do want to say is that what you can earn is only determined by you and your beliefs about yourself and your value. There is no equity. There's no real rate card. There is no industry standard, okay? It's just what you can charge. So we're going to talk about how you can package yourself in a really confident way so that you can make the most money in the most efficient way possible. And what I will tell you very quickly too is just some standard fees for standard pieces because I know that's the number one question. So I will talk about that in just a moment. But the first thing I want to talk about is that it's a skill. You know, this dance that you have when you talk about pricing, it's a skill. And I'm talking verbally. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of written content that you can have about your quote and your proposal. But my experience is... If you can get the client or the potential client on the phone, that's when the rubber really hits the road. And that's when you can really start to build that rapport very quickly, explain what you do, how you're different, why you're the best, why they shouldn't do it themselves. And within 15, 20 minutes, you've confirmed a job. Now, I've had students who've done email ping pong back and forth for literally weeks, which could really have been dealt with on the phone quite quickly and still converted into a job much more quickly as well. So I know... This brings up a lot of fear for a lot of people about being on the phone. And what I would say to that is, well, don't do that if it's really fearful for you. Use email, but just know it will take longer and you won't probably be able to charge as much because you won't be able to put yourself into the conversation, bring yourself into the sales process because they're actually buying you. That's another point I want to make really quickly as well, that Most business owners, small business owners, which makes up 90% of what your freelance work will be, don't actually know a lot of other copywriters. They don't want to work or research a lot of other copywriters. If you've been presented to them through some kind of networking situation, they're going, my gosh, you're right in front of me. Why wouldn't I use you unless you actively do something to negate that? So just know that they kind of want to buy you and your experience, background, portfolio is kind of secondary. Now, if you're going for an ad agency job, different story altogether, but we're talking small business freelance work. So in that moment, you've got the opportunity to build that rapport and it's through that rapport and that trust building, you're going to get good results. So there's a couple of things I suggest that you do 
really quickly to fast forward your confidence levels and to eliminate that imposter syndrome that a lot of us have about copywriting and, and charging for our worth. So first up, I'd get you to just do up an A4 um, piece of paper and write down all the types of mediums that you'll be working in and then create a price point for each one of those so that you've got yourself a little bit of a standard price guide for yourself. Now, the client never sees this, right? This is just for you in your office, your desk, wherever you are working, so that when someone does call, you've got that price right there and you can say it with absolute conviction. Because the last one we want is when a client says, well, how much do you charge? You go, well, I charge 200, uh, 250, sorry, 500 for that. And you're stumbling around and it completely reduces any kind of impact and and confidence, you know, that you might want to be having with the client. So the things that you put on this price sheet are things like, and I'm going to give you now the most common types of things people want written, website pages, brochures like A4 double-sided brochures. It could be a sales letter. It could be a landing page. It could be an email campaign. It could be a blog. It could be a five-minute video script. And what I suggest you do is give each one of those pieces what I call the container. You know, so the web page, for example, is 500 words. The blog is 400 words. The video script is five minutes. The landing page is hundred words. So you give yourself a little bit of a container so that the client can firstly understand what they're getting. And also you can understand well, how much work's going to be involved here. Okay. So that would be step one and give yourself those price guides. And I'm just going to give you a couple of ideas on pricing. This is not what I necessarily charge or what a person starting out might charge, but I'm going to give you industry standard. Even though I said there was no industry standard, there is kind of a price point that um, people work within that I know that if you were to charge this, you could do it with confidence, know that you're not ripping them off, that you're not shortchanging yourself. Now you can go lower than this if you're feeling unconfident and you just like to sort of put your toe in the water. You can go higher than this if you can. And that would be my recommendation. But in this little sweet spot that I'm about to share with you, you should know that you can feel confident charging this. Okay, so things like, for example, a web page. let's say, three to 500 words, let's say between 350 and $500 for that particular page. You can do it in bundles and packages, which is what I recommend. So I'm going to give you kind of ranges so you can feel, you know, where you, you sit on that. Um, a blog, 500 words could range from 300 to 500. Some people do it for 150. So I'm, I'm just giving you these ideas. But if you were to charge between 300 and 500, that's not even a dollar a word which is a journalistic style of charging. So, you know, feel feel um, confident that that's not an outrageous price. Things like a flyer, that would be between $300 and $500. A4, let's say, single-sided. Um, let's say an email campaign, there might be, and this is, this is a, a tricky one because there's so many different kinds of emails that go out. So one of the, the tricks that you can use with this one is to actually um, have a couple of templates. So for example, there's your standard email, three to 400 words, and it's just a block of text. That could be around three, $400, just that. And the other way to do it is you've got maybe three little blocks, you know, like there's a little story one, story two, story three, and each one of those links onto a bigger page. Now, obviously that would be a lot more expensive, but um, just even just that simple four to 500 word email, again, probably three to $500. And um, when you start getting comfortable with these kinds of pricing points, um, it won't be so hard to say them out loud. Things like video scripts are really deceptive because they actually can take more work than you think. 
and even the three to five minute video, it, it, it's, a, it's a distillation of a lot of content. So they can be quite tricky, but you could charge $500 for you know, a five minute script. And again, I really want to emphasize there is no hard and fast rules, but all I'm saying from an industry standard point of view, if you go out and say these pricing, pricing points, you can feel confident you're on the right track. So let's move on. Once you've got that little um, price sheet ready, then when people do ask, you've got your ideas um, clarified. So when clients email you, or prospects, but I'll call them clients just for the sake of diction, because prospects is really actually quite hard to say. Um, mostly, you know, if you're not doing a networking situation in person, they might email you say, oh, I'd really like to explore, you know, your services, how much do you charge for, you know, five web pages. The worst thing you can do is email back, this is what I charge. I know it's a tempting thing to do because it's passive and it requires no confrontation or discussion or energy, but it is the slowest way to convert people into being a client. So if you want to go the slow route because you're feeling uncomfortable with that interchange, by all means, do that. If you want to fast track your copywriting business, the best thing you should do is pick up the phone. And I know I can hear you now screaming from the room, <laughs> me, pick up the phone, no way. Um, but in time, hopefully you'll get the confidence to do that. And the sooner you can do that, the quicker you'll see there's a script that you can use, which I'm going to share with you. You can see that these conversations take the same pattern and eventually you'll be able to really negotiate them with skill and you'll be able to turn them to your advantage. So the temptation, as I said, is to email back, but I've seen students do this and they come to me saying, oh, Bernadette, I've been having this email, you know, ping pong for weeks and I can't get this client over the line. And I said, well, it's probably because you've been emailing and therefore you don't get the chance to insert your personality into the conversation to demonstrate your ability, your value. And that's what they're buying. You know, they really are buying you. They're not looking for other copywriters. They want you or they, they don't want to research too heavily. You know, they just want to get the right person quickly um, and you can be that person for them. So let's talk about, and by the way, I say so a lot. I'm just flagging that because it gives me time to actually think about what I'm going to say next. The other benefit of getting the client on the phone is that you can take a mini brief because if a client says to you, I'd like to um, have a website written five pages, you maybe don't know what the product is. And even if it's, you know, there, it's hard to know what they want done. They might want a complete revamp. They might want just to tidy up. What is it that they want? So it's almost impossible to, to, to give them a quote without actually having a chat. So the, so again, now you're looking for it, right? I bet you do a little bingo scorecard of the times Bernadette says so. <laughs> so please just look out for it. Um, with your conversation, it's actually a mini brief. The client doesn't know that, but you're actually taking a mini creative brief over the phone. So the kinds of questions you want to be asking, uh, and I'll, I'll talk about them in a second because I, I really want to set up this conversation for you so you've got the script. Let's say, for example, that someone emails you and you want to give them uh, a quote. You ring them up. Hopefully you've got them on the phone and you say, have you got 10 minutes? You've just emailed me. I'd really like to give you, you know, the answer, but I just need 10 to 15 minutes of your time. And they'll hopefully say yes. The reason that question is important, and by the way, every question I give you here in this script is important. It has a purpose. is because it gives you permission to talk. It gives you permission to take your time. And it gives you permission to take control of the conversation. If you don't ask that question, have you got 10, 15 minutes right now? 
you just launch in. They're, they're thinking, I've got a meeting in five. I can't even process what this person's saying to me. And so you, you're not starting on a really solid footing. So you just want to get permission to actually have that phone call there and then. So there we go again. You, they say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to talk because they actually emailed you. So they actually are interested in talking. You say, uh, thank you for your email. And I'm really you know, keen to learn more about what you do. And they'll probably say, well, how much do you charge? And they often say that quite quickly because they want to get to the point. And I get why they get that because people want to know, is it worth having this conversation? And so what you want to say very quickly on is, I can give you a ballpark quote by the end of this conversation. Now, by saying that, they can now relax and they go, oh, great, I'm going to get it done. Because you know, sometimes you go through sales conversations and they never give you the price and it's incredibly frustrating. And you just want to know that upfront or else you won't have the conversation. So you want to let them know you will give them a ballpark price by the end of this chat. They can relax. Then you say, is it okay if I ask you a couple of questions because that will give me a good idea of what you're doing and what you're trying to achieve and that will make my quote for you more accurate. Now, who can say no to that? And they're going to say, yeah, sure. Bingo. That question now gives you the right to take control of the conversation. You can take your time. You do not need to rush. You can now unfold your questioning in an order that suits you and you've got absolute permission. Therefore, you say, now, tell me a bit more about your business. What do you sell? Who's your key target audience? What are you looking to achieve? Why have you sought me out now? Have you used a copywriter before? What went wrong? What's the key marketing challenge you're experiencing at the moment? What's at stake here? If this copy doesn't work for you, what, what is the impact of that? Okay, so there's five to six questions just sort of stepping out now of that script. So I'll, what I'll do is I'll, I'll move into the script, like the, the rehearsal or the sort of the, the performance of it, and then I'll step out and give you the analysis of what I've just done. So what I've just done there is I've asked a bunch of questions. Now, what's happening is this client's going, oh, my gosh, this is so flattering. I, I've never had someone so interested in my business. And people love talking about their businesses. Their business is their baby. And when you say, that is a beautiful baby, look at her eyes, her skin, her hair. Oh, my gosh. And look how talented she is. She's walking already. You know, when you say all this, they're feeling deeply flattered that you're taking such an interest. And, and you are genuinely interested. This is the gorgeousness of copywriting. You get permission to be nosy and curious. And meanwhile, what's happening on a meta level, you're building trust. You're building rapport. You're getting in sync. So you're asking all these questions. And they are answering all these questions for you. And each time you're not saying a great deal. You just go, aha, uh -huh, that's really interesting. Wow, can you just tell me a bit more about that? So two ears, one mouth, and that's the ratio in which you use it when you take a brief. You listen and you don't say a great deal. I guarantee you by the end of the conversation, they think you're the best person ever. They think, oh, I really liked her. I thought I had a really good rapport with her. I really trust her. It's like, I've barely said a word simply because you've enabled them to speak. So then you'll say, okay, um, it, so you take the brief and when you've got that information, now you've got a really good idea of what you're up for. How hard is this job going to be? How complex? How easy? How long? Um, how important is it to them? Because if, let's say, they've got an event coming up and the ticket's $2,000 and if these tickets don't get sold, that conference is a dud 
then you know the pressure will be on you to write some good copy. Therefore, you need to be compensated for that and you are going to wear the pressure. Likewise, if you, and I always sort of use this, if you're selling a Chinese restaurant, right, pretty straightforward business, the, the commensurate fee for that is low pressure, therefore maybe not as high. So you kind of have to calibrate your fee according to the complexity and importance of the job. And that's up to you to work out for yourself. At some point, they'll say, okay, so how much will this cost? And you go, all right. So based on what I've heard, and what you do is you reflect back to them what you've just heard. You say, you've got an event coming up. It's a conference. It's on this date. You are looking for 2,000 people. You've currently got 10 enrolled. Um, this is the, the benefit of it. And this is why people should enroll. And what you're seeking from me is to write five emails, 10 web pages, three articles, and two video scripts. Am I on the right track? They go, yes, that's correct. And they'll say, wow, she really gets me, right? So then now you maybe not be doing that kind of quote for that kind of content. But the point being, you reflect back to them what you've just heard, because it makes them think, wow, she really gets this. She That's exactly what I want. How did you know that? It's like, well, you just told me. <laughs> so, But they don't think like that. All they know is what they're hearing. And let's say, for example, you say, okay, to do an A4 flyer, two pages, it's going to cost about, you know, $750. And in that moment, you can hear everything. They'll either take a deep breath and fall backwards and they'll say, oh my God, I had no idea it was that expensive. Or they'll say, okay, I can live with that. So it will generally fall in between those, those kinds of responses, mostly the former, okay? Most people say, wow, I wasn't expecting that. And that's okay. And by the way, do not react to that. Do not go, well, it's worth it. Do you know how much work that takes? Do you know how long I've been working at this? <laughs> you, don't, you don't respond in an indignant manner, even though you may feel it, right? A copywriter is a master of disguise. So you have a passive approach and you say, okay, so what did you have in mind? And that is the gold question. Because what that tells you now is that they did have something in mind. Because earlier you might have said, well, what's your budget for this? And they go, I have no idea. Fair enough. But when you do say, well, what did you have in mind after they've heard at 750? They'll go, well, I was actually thinking around about 300, 400. And you say to yourself, you did have something in mind, didn't you? You just didn't want to tell me. But honestly, they sometimes don't. They just, only when they hear it, do they peg their own particular price point. They're saying 354. You're saying 750. All right, so you've got this big gap. Again, don't react. You say to them, okay, I understand. Yeah, times are tight. Yeah, I understand. So you're affirming, affirming that what they're going through is, is right for them. Then you say, okay, I'm really interested in what you're doing. I think it's a great idea. I've always had an interest in this. And I'd really like to work with you because I think I can make a real difference to you. What would it be like if I came down a little bit and you came up a little bit? So, for example, I could come down to around about 550 and you could maybe come up to 550 and we both give a little bit to get this job done. And on most, and I'm stepping out of that conversation now, mostly what happens is the clients go, okay, that seems fair. And it is fair 
you've come down, they've come up. Everyone's given a little bit. Everybody likes to feel like they've got a, a special deal. And that's why you should maybe price point your, your, your figures a little higher than what you're really prepared to do it for because it gives you a little bit of leeway to come down. Once that little conversation, that what I call the dance, has occurred, uh, you say, well, if I was able to do it for 556 and you could come up to 556, would that be okay? Could you afford that? And generally they'll say, yeah, because they've told you that, you know, 354 is their bottom point. And you say, great. Well, I'll tell you what I'd like to do now. I'm going to confirm this in an email. And just a quick question, how soon would you like to get this finished by? Now I'm stepping out of the conversation. The reason you ask that is because you don't want this to drag on and you want to know their time frame. Sometimes it could be months. They say, oh, I'm not ready for this for ages. Yeah, I just really want to get a price point. But you, you, know, you want to know this. So you say, when would you like to get this started or when would you like to get this completed? And they'll say, okay, maybe two weeks from now. Well, okay, I'll need to fit you into my diary, but that's fine. Let's, uh, I'll confirm this by email after this phone conversation. And what I'll do is I'll set up a, a Zoom call or a, a, a time to chat. Uh, is there any particular time that we should set aside? So right there, stepping out of the conversation now, you are closing the sale. Okay, you've got approval. You've, they've said yes. And now you just want to absolutely nail this down so that you can get the briefing done. So you have that conversation. They'll say Thursday from now, goods, hang up. In the email, all you do is say, hi, John. Great to chat today. Thank you for your time. I'm so excited. We're going to be working together. Uh, to summarize the conversation, this is my understanding. It's a one A4 flyer, two sides, Chinese restaurant, uh, $600 plus GST. By the way, if you're charging GST, do not forget to say plus GST. Because if you don't say that, the ambiguity could mean that they think it's included and you've just lost yourself 10, 11% of your fee so do not forget to say plus gst <laughs> okay and so the email is three bullet points you send it you send a doom link a calendar invitation your job is done part two to that is in the conversation you say to activate the job what i need is a 50 percent deposit now stepping out of the conversation keyword activate the job not for me to be paid quickly and to prove that you're not going to rip me off and run away with my copy, I need a deposit. <laughs> so you don't say that. Activate the job is a very elegant, accurate way of saying, I need money from you to prove that you are serious. And I personally, Bernadette, always require a deposit. The only exception I'll make to that is if I know the people really well or I've done business with them before. So I do believe that deposits are necessary. It does a couple of things. It confirms that they want to go ahead. It confirms that they're serious. It gives you some money. Cash flow is important. And it also demonstrates the, the seriousness of it, you know, that they, they're committed to this. So it, for all those reasons, it's really good to get a deposit. And you can keep it really elegant too. You can say, to activate the job, I just need 50% deposit. Once you've deposited that, could you just send me a quick email or just send me a screenshot or email me with that receipt? Because then I know it's in and we can get started because I know this timing is important to you. So you're always giving them a good reason why you're doing what you're doing. And then you book your Zoom call or whatever it is that you do and you're off and running and you don't start work until that money is paid. Even if they want the work in two days and it's tempting to say, oh yeah, I'll get the money later. 
get the money first. Show me the money. My thinking is if they need the copy in two days, they can pay for it in two days. You know, don't get sidetracked by that. Oh, we got this 30-day accounts payable thing. Yeah, the systems, we only pay invoices once a month. It's like, well, I'll write copy for you when you're ready. <laughs> you know, when that invoice has been paid. And um, the beauty of this system that I'm, I'm talking you through here is the quote process for copywriting can be quite onerous and arduous. And you don't want to have to go through a three-page quote and then not get the job or not even have any idea what your price points are. Because if you put in for 600 or 800 and they're thinking 300, they get the quote, they go, no way, ditch. That's the end of the conversation. And all that work you put into the proposal is just for nothing. So I like to have these pre-sales conversations to establish them, me, my credentials, my experience, what they want, how they want it, how quickly they want it, the importance of it for them, so that when I do get to the email and the quote, I don't even worry about these quotes and these proposal templates. Seriously, I don't, unless it's a big project with multiple stages, a few bullet points is all you need. And then once, if you do want to have a lot of conditions in your terms and conditions, you can support that later on when you when you send your copy you know, uh, to them, or you can send it as part two, but at least you've got the job activated and all that fluff and that legalese doesn't get in the way okay because people just want the job done so there's a couple of ideas on how you can get your job done more quickly fast track it doesn't get lost in email and you build the trust and the rapport with the client verbally because that is the way you would generally get these jobs done more quickly another point let's say you've submitted the copy to the client and you don't hear back crickets but where have they gone this can bring up a lot of anxiety for a lot of copywriters because they're thinking they don't like it, um, they don't want to finish it, um, and, and maybe they don't want to give you some feedback because they're not sure how to give it. And that's not good for you and it's not good for them. And that's why a lot of jobs never get finished and why copywriters never get the rest of their money, if any of the money, if they haven't already invoiced, because this sort of gray zone where the copy just sits in the cyberspace and never really gets addressed. Now what's happening? There's a few things that's going on here and it, it could be any one of the following, but it could be they don't know how to give you feedback. Uh, something has come up in their world that's really sidetracked them. They really, really don't like it. Um, or it could be that it just hasn't become a priority for them. You know, so kind of similar ideas there, but you need to finish this or else you don't get paid. And that sense of incompletion is really unsatisfying. So what you can do in your terms and conditions in the email that you send, that little email with the three bullet points is to say, um, I include two sets of revisions with everything I do. And uh, I also give a 30 day uh, turnaround guarantee, meaning that after I submit my first round of copy, if you want changes done, uh, you have 30 days to get them to me. If after 30 days, I don't hear from you, I will assume the job is complete, correct and accurate and ready to go. And I'll send you the final invoice. And that gives you a little bit of maneuvering space to actually get paid, right? And the other thing that you can say once you've submitted the copy is I welcome feedback. If you don't like what I've done, that is fine. And it is okay. And it's normal we are finding our way together. And whatever you feel, 
I can take it. I've got broad shoulders. I'm happy to take the feedback. I take it on the chin and we will work through it until you're happy. So the, the client needs to feel comfortable that whatever they say won't be hurtful and that it won't be taken personally because most people are kind of sensitive, you know, and, they, and sometimes they just don't even know how to give feedback. So on that level, what you can do is you can look at the brief that you've, you've taken and you say, okay, John, I can see you're not happy with the copy and that's fine. I'm going to work with you till you are happy. I'm stepping out of the conversation. John's now thinking, oh, thank God. I don't have to be so scared. You know, I can actually be honest. So John now is prepared to give you the, the hard information that you're not being wanting to hear. By the way, you're not your work and the copy is copy and it's separate from you. Okay, you shouldn't identify with your work, even though it's very difficult to not. We have to really make that separation. And then you can say to John, okay, John, I'm going to work through this brief quite methodically. And at some point we've gone off the rails and I will fix it. So have we got the right target market? Have we got the right tone? And often it's the tone that is wrong. Um, have I maybe incorporated the wrong features and benefits? Have I got the wrong call to action? You know, maybe I've used the wrong testimonials. What, what, uh, and you work your way through the, the brief. And at some point you'll find this mismatch and that's where you can actually do a, a drill down to work out why you've gone wrong. The other way you can do it is to say to John, and this is ideally done in the early stages is, Hey John, um, is there a website that you really love that you can show me about the style of writing that they've done? Because that will really help me, you know, cut out the fluff and help me get to the point about what you really like. So I do think a picture is a thousand words. And if you can get the client to submit to you an example of something they already love, it makes life so much easier. I've covered a lot, you know, this pricing is a big topic and uh, I've given you some price points already, but I'll also include a, a rate card in the podcast notes so that you can access that and that can give you a little bit more detail, a few more scripts and things like that to get you through um, because this pricing is so integral that if you don't get this right, you won't make the money, you'll get the job, or you'll be resentful that you didn't charge enough and so on and so forth. So pricing is everything and it's all about the value that you believe you offer. Let's not forget that whilst copywriting is a really enjoyable and it's an interesting pastime, it's also a commercial enterprise and you need to get paid for what you do. And learning how to have this pricing conversation is one of the most important skill sets you can develop. Now, I hope this deep dive into pricing has been useful to you. And please don't forget to check out the podcast notes for a copy of my copywriting rate card. This is a really comprehensive guide to what you can charge, how to have these pricing conversations and how to deal with those pesky client queries and objections. Now, my tip of the day, if a client doesn't get back to you about your quote, follow up. If they still don't get back to you, follow up again. Follow up is the name of the game. Now, if that doesn't work, follow up with an email and in the subject line say, was it something I said? That's bound to get their attention. It works every time. Now, in closing, many of you may not know this, but I used to be a drummer in a band. Yeah. I quit, but they asked me to come back and I said, no, there's too many repercussions. Yeah, stick to my day job. If you want to learn more about pricing, please check out our short courses. Visit writercenter.com.au or copyschool.com. And please connect with me on LinkedIn so we can stay in touch. I'm Bernadette Schwert. All the best. Take care and bye-bye.